A garrison is a safe place where an army gathers. In the same way, the Disability Garrison podcast is a place for the army of disability rights advocates to gather and discuss complex issues. We are unafraid to identify problems in our world and have difficult conversations about them. But we are not just here to complain. We spend our time brainstorming solutions with generals in the disability rights movement. Together, we take action to make positive change and lead the fight for justice and equality. My name is Hallie Carmichael. My name is Michael Murray. This is the Disability Garrison. Here are some things you shouldn't say to a person with a disability. You're looking at it, you can't really tell you have a disability. That must be kind of nice. Excuse me? Oh, hey, you get the handicapped parking. Lucky. Oh, cool. You training for like Special Olympics? Sorry, what? Now you're not planning on having kids, obviously, right? We already have children. Genetically, that works? I wish there was something I could do to fix you. To fix me? I completely understand what you're going through. I twisted my ankle once. Oh. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm real happy to see you here. What you're going through, I could never do that. What is that supposed to mean? I know you got a disability, but at least it's not cancer, right? What? Oh, hey, you guys have the uh, Wilford Brimley disease, right? The diabetes? What's, uh, what's wrong with you? What do you mean? Hey, are you guys together? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool, like a social security racket thing. I dig it. Do you guys have to wear those all the time? Yep. That must be terrible. You're different, and I respect that. Oh, <laughs> what? As Dan Carmichael just pointed out, there are things you just should not say. Unfortunately, those of us with disabilities are too often met with offensive statements that undermine the value that we bring to the world. These statements, even when well-intended, pity us, criticize us, and question our value. In fact, research on neural pathways suggests that there's a substantial overlap between the experience of physical and social pain. When offensive statements are made, the regions of my brain that would be activated are the same as for physical pain. So if you wouldn't punch me in the face, you shouldn't be saying things that are offensive. So today, we will explore the impact of language and how to create inclusive environments utilizing respectful and welcoming dialogue. I'm so excited to have Liz on here. She's a dear friend and a wonderful human being to be a part of the Disability Garrison podcast today. Holly, tell us about Liz. Liz is pretty awesome. She has a very long history of leadership and self-advocacy. She's been on many boards and advisory positions uh, across states and national organizations. Right now, she serves as a full-time member of AUCD's policy team. She hosts another awesome podcast called Tuesdays with Liz, which I was honored to be a guest on. Michael, you were as well. I think you were a guest, right? I mean, so Liz, we got to ask you, who was, uh, which podcast did you enjoy more, mine or Holly's doing the interview? You don't have to answer that. First of all, the interview is unique and everyone is special in their own ways. But I have to say, yours 
Michael, when you you were jumping it up and down, <laughs> is something that is memorable. Yes, yes, I do enjoy jumping up and down. Holly's smarter than I am, but no, oh, uh, I gosh, bring me energy. No. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Michael's very energetic, and mm-hmm. he brings a ton of energy to his advocacy, which is huge and impactful, as Liz can attest to. Um, some more awesome things about Liz. In spring of 18, she served as a fellow for Senator Casey uh, from Pennsylvania, working directly in D.C. Uh, She has called attention to a lot of different needs, including the need for accessible supports and services for students and employees with disabilities on college campuses. Um, That ended up resulting in, in a bill that got passed. Uh, She has done just an amazing group of things. Senator Casey says about Liz that she has shown the Senate how important it is to have staff members who have developmental and intellectual disabilities. She helped us reshape the culture of the Senate. So um, Liz Weintraub is with us today to talk a little bit about um, language and how we can think about the things that we say and how those impact those around us and make people feel and and maybe ways that we can get better at that. Liz, I want to talk a little bit about your advocacy career, Um, but let's start with the title that you have right now in this organization and what it's like to lead policy, because you are not a token member of the staff. You are leading, pushing for policy, and at the head of tables, not just sitting at the table, at the head of the table, leading the policy discussions. Yes, I am. And I don't like to brag about myself. (laughs) That's all right. We love to brag about you. (laughs) I am. I work for AUCG, and I'm the senior advocacy specialist. I'm advocating for everyone. I'm advocating for everyone. And I think that part of the issue, a lot of time, uh, a lot of my friends will say self-advocate, and you'll hear the word self-advocate. And I think that people try to put people a label on it. Mm. And I learned that when I used to work for the Council of Quality and Leadership, my my previous job, and I loved that job. One of my jobs was to do a a focus group for people. And they said, well, those self-advocate, those self-advocate, it's a nicer word than the R word, the, the C word, and, oh. and yeah. I wonder whether you know what the C word is. Yeah. But the C yeah. word yeah. means client. Yeah. And um, those are words that I don't like. Yeah. Those words are bad. And so they use self-advocate as, as a nicer word. But I don't know whether they're advocating for themselves. And I am truly advocating. I go up on the hill. I go to talk to people, whatever I do. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it is so vital to recognize that the language that we use around folks and the way that we identify them and allow them to identify themselves and uh, has a huge impact on how and what 
uh, we're able to say at the table, especially for Mm -hmm. those of us with disabilities, we often get so much pity and it's uh, wrapped up in all of this language that on its surface seems like, oh, it's okay. They're just trying to be nice. And we'll talk about some of these really Mm -hmm. irritating terms that get to me Mm -hmm. that are just wrapped up in this pity, but it's unhelpful and we need to help recognize things like disability is not a bad word. Yeah. I'm I'm a disabled person and I am proud of that fact. Yeah. I'm very proud of my disability. Right. I I have to tell you too, Liz, you really gave me uh, a different perspective on on that C word, the word client, because I have uh, of course in my years of work come across that well that term can come off as offensive and and you know, I, I was looking at it from the angle of professional services, uh, you know, like a lawyer, you're, you're a client of a lawyer, or and, and you brought up a really great point on, I think, in an article that you wrote about, that's true, client is used in professional services, but when that lawyer sees you in the grocery store, they're not saying, oh, there's my client. That's right. Um, they're, they're calling you. Uh, Mrs. Weintraub or Miss Weintraub or Hey Liz. Uh, Whereas in in the world of, you know, disability, you know, professional supports uh, providers just saying there's my client. It's it's a different uh, tone. It's a different meaning. And I think that was really eye opening for me. So thank you. So Liz, I want to go really quick to there's so many points in your career that we could highlight but you were asked to uh, speak at the Kavanaugh hearings for the Supreme Court. Uh, and uh, it was incredible. I, I, for those who haven't watched it, you got to watch it. And, uh, you know, all of the other testimonies, senators were in and out. They weren't paying attention. They were on their phones. When Liz was talking to y'all, every person in the room was paying attention everybody's phone was down and every senator, regardless of which side of the aisle they were on, was completely focused on what Liz has to say uh, because what she has to say is so powerful. What was that like? Um, It was very scary. (laughs) It was very um, humbling. Um, I was honored to do it. I was proud to do it. Um, on the other hand, after everything was happening and when the decision was made that nominee on Kavanaugh's Supreme Court nominee, um, got on the bench, I came out of a, um, a pet store, um, on a Saturday morning and I heard the news. And I just cried. I just cried because the reason why I wanted it, and I should back up by saying the night before my my testimony, and maybe I'm I'm I have a big head, whatever. But I thought that that by my testimony they would listen to me and they wouldn't they would change their minds. They would listen to me. They would, because people have said that I'm powerful. You, 
Michael, you even said I'm powerful. Maybe I, I do have a big head. So when I heard that they, so I, I dreamt that they would change their minds. And they would say, oh yeah, maybe we are doing the wrong thing. And when he got on the Supreme Court, I, I just cried because why am I doing all this work? I'm not doing this work for praise or for being on the podcast or I want to make real change. Yeah. 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 You know, Liz, today we're not going to have time to jump into the hearing and all of the issues around that. But I wonder if you could just talk about when you were there how it felt to be there and what was, if there was one line that you said that you felt had the biggest impact, what line would that be? All means all. Mm-hmm. No. And you, Liz, I have to tell you, even though it wasn't, you know, in your mind a win, you know, you were going there to advocate for change that, that didn't happen. I think one lesson that I've taken away from, from my work in advocacy is that a river cuts through rock not because of its power or that one time. It's, it's the persistence. It's the continued messaging, continuing to raise that point of view, continuing to make sure people are listening. And just because it wasn't a win that day doesn't mean down the road. People heard that message. People heard yeah, all means right. all. And it, it was impactful. And it was the most repeated slogan of, uh, and and still has a life today. Yeah, it's it's a rallying cry. It's a rallying for, for cry. Disability rights. All means all. Yeah, and it will. Ha- it had an impact, and it will continue to have an impact. Well, I, a lot of people have said that, so thank you. All right, Liz. So you know, we're talking about language today and I thought we could do a fun little exercise where we're going to go around and one of us will say something that you shouldn't say because there's, there's just some things that you shouldn't say. We're not here to criticize people. We know that a lot of times, as you were just saying, people are trying to be nice. They're trying to do their best that, you know, and it's okay to make mistakes. But today our goal is to help you understand why some of the things that people regularly say to those of us with disabilities just aren't right. And you just shouldn't say them. So we want to give you some perspective and we want to help you understand it. And so uh, I'm going to take a turn with something that you shouldn't say. Holly will take a turn. Liz, you'll get to take a turn of something that you just shouldn't say to people. And then we'll all comment on why you shouldn't say that. So I'm going to start. At least you have your health. Anybody ever heard that? And why shouldn't you say it? Holly, you go first. Oh, gosh. At least you have your health. You know, it just, it brings this assumption that you're lesser than if you're, if you have a health issue or, you know, and it's so, I know it's meant well. I know it's meant well and comes from a good place, but it can be so offensive to somebody who's, you know, it demeans of like, you don't have it that bad. It kind of go, you know, kind of goes along those same lines. Mm-hmm. Liz, what about you? Why does that ring wrong for you? At least you have your health. To me, it's demeaning. Mm-hmm. Nobody has said, at least you have your health. Um, that means that we have different kind of health than anyone else. We all have to be healthy. 
We all want to be healthy. We all go to the doctors. So what's the difference between my just my health and your health? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's so silly because if I were to say, you know, and this is the, the reason you've never heard it, Liz, is because it's a Southern thing. And so as a Southerner, we say that all the time. It's, you know, uh, oh, bless your heart. And well, at least you have your health. But really, would you say that about any other population? Well, no. at least you're not a woman. Yeah. I mean, you know, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. At least out of all the people in the world you could be like, at least you're not a person with a disability. Yeah. And that affects yeah. our hiring. It affects the way that we engage with each other. Those kinds of preloaded language has a huge impact on how we view the world and, mm-hmm. and, and the way that we do things. All right. Who wants to go next? Liz? I'm, or? Cu- I'm curious, Liz, if you've ever heard this one before, because I get this uh, or I hear this uh, for individuals is you're married. How can you get married? Mm. Oh my God. I hate that. <laughs> Have you heard that? Yes. 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 Why? Well, why can't I get married? Yeah. I love Phil. I'm, I love Phil too. I can get married because I, I, I have, I'm an adult. We have something in common. We want to get married. We want to spend the rest of our life with. I also have heard the the yeah. term. Well, you can't have kids. You yeah. can't have kids. Why? Right. Yeah. Why? Yes. <laughs> Did you, ch- you, you mean when you have a disability, you can't shut that love portion of your humanity yeah, off? It's right? not yeah. turned off. Like, yeah. like there, there's still some human in you? Like and, what is this? And the like? reality is, is like Liz uh, and, and, and Phil are an incredible couple. Like I love yes. you guys. Y'all are so awesome. And the world benefits from both of you separately, but also really benefits from you guys as a couple. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants connection Come and on. belonging and love. And like that's. Yes, I hope that I'm that Maggie gets married. So, right? It's not like your little girl getting married. Like that's. Oh, that's gonna um, be so cute, Maggie. Well, <laughs> if she wants to, I yes. should say. If, if she, she wants, wants to, to but I, I think she will. Yeah. All right. What about you, Liz? What's one? What's another one you've heard? Special needs. Oh, oh yeah. Stop. Yeah. Your needs are so special. Yeah. <laughs> My needs are not special. They're just needs. <laughs> Yeah. That's the worst. Yes. That's the worst. Yes. Maybe different needs. Maybe, uh, or sometimes it's just the same needs. And you know what? Everybody, right. you know, needed that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got, I've got another one. You ready for this one? You're not disabled. You're differently abled. <laughs> it's meant well. I know that yes. they mean well. Yeah. But like, I would never, I would never, it just, it assumes that one is better than the other. So like, like I would never look at, uh, at you Liz and be like, you know, you're not a woman. You're just differently gendered. Mm-hmm. Well, what did I just say? I said one gender is better than the other and the other one doesn't even deserve the recognition of it. Uh, so uh, for me personally, I know a lot of people have di- have another view on this, but differently abled is one that I could throw out the door today and never see again and be super happy about. Mm-hmm. We're all the same. I, <laughs> wake, yes. up, I yeah. wake up just like anyone else. I, um, I tried to put on my shoes just the way I, everyone else does. 
I go to work just like anyone else. Yep. Yes, there's a great video. I'm just like you. I don't know if you've seen it, Liz, but um, Annette Downey and her group put it together. That's just really, really great and powerful. We'll put it on the website. Yes. Yes. You got another one? Oh, gosh. Um, How about when you hear, well, it could always be worse. At least it isn't cancer or what? Insert other condition that they feel is. who I am. Yeah. <laughs> knows what I deal with every day. That's right. right. No one is in my party. Yes. Yeah. I've got some more too. How about, Liz, you're such an inspiration. Oh my God. Everyone <laughs> is an inspiration. Everyone is. I am not here to be your inspiration. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm just who I am. I'm, it reminds me of, I had to get, a few weeks ago, uh, somebody asked me why I do what I do. And I'm, I don't do what I do because of, 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 of honor. I'm, yes, I am un, honored to, to be on the display garrison. I, I am honored to to get a lot of awards and a lot of um, praise, but that's not why I do what I do. You know why I do what I do? Tell I me. do I do what I do because it. I want to help Maggie. I want to help Isaac. I want to help Billy. Yeah. Isn't mm-hmm. your daughter named yep, Ellie? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I want to help the younger generation. I want to under- help them understand that disability isn't anything bad. Come on. That's right. Um, I realize, I don't know if we should mention, but you brought this up initially, Liz. It should go without saying that the R word is hate speech. Like I, we didn't even bring that up in our in our discussion because it, it should not need to be said. But I have seen on social media some memes using that word, and that's really we're, we're, we should be beyond that as a society. And when we're talking about language, I just want to make sure we recognize that that's never okay. If you see it, say something to that person. Not Have okay. you ever seen the um, with Liz Plank? It's a video on YouTube. It came out just like within the last two months, and it has because there's all kinds of words. There's all kinds of ways to say that retarded. Mm-hmm. We'll say that retarded short. Or that retarded. Right. Someone will say, oh, you're retarded because you can't do directions or you can't do this or that. Yeah. Well, that's hurtful. It's very hurtful. That's right. And maybe they don't mean it in the way we think of the R word, but hearing that R word still hurts. Yeah. just as bad as the C word. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's really important for all of our listeners to recognize you may not mean 
when you say the R word to demean a person with an intellectual or developmental disability or those, the rest of us with disabilities, but it does, it hurts. Yeah. Stop using the R word, period. Yeah. Well, and Liz, I'm curious too, what should people say if they find out a friend of theirs is disabled or if they happen upon someone just, you know, going on the subway or, or going through the grocery store, what should you say? Can you just say my name? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's it. <laughs> just that's it. My name. How about yeah. hello? How are you? Nice to meet you. You know, how are you doing I mean, today? Why are it's we, a lovely day. Yeah, this isn't yes. hard, people. Yes. yes. So yes. good. I'm just like you. I think you said that really that's well. Right. Liz. like this is I'm just like you. Everyone has a disability. Everyone. Yeah. Glasses. Yeah. Love there you. are Needs. things yeah. I'm sure we all can't do. That's yeah. Right. English. Yeah. A lot of people can't spell. Yeah. Like me. A lot of people can't do math. A lot of people can't do this or that. So what's the difference between my disability and there? Yeah. I have a label. I have a label. Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. Just call me Liz. Yeah. Love and it. get to know me. And if you get to know me, you'll find out that I'm a good person. <laughs> and I'm a fun person. So and true. I can go to the park and and play ball with you. Yeah. yeah. I love it. And have dinner with you and your son. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And host an incredible dinner party. You guys don't know this. Liz hosts, we've been in the middle of COVID, so we can't do it, but host great dinner parties uh, with some awesome quiche. That quiche was so good. Oh, I wow. still remember it. Right. It was yeah. so good. Any other lasting thoughts? I just also want to say um, I have a right to fail. Yes. Let me fail. Yes. Let me fail. That's right. I love to fall. Yeah. And I make a joke about that I don't want to fall. I fall a lot. Let me fall. Let me pick myself up. Yeah. I want to learn how to to pick myself up. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Because if you don't teach me, if I if you rush over and pick me up then how will I ever learn? Mm -hmm. How will I ever learn? Yeah. The other word that I would like to leave people with is nothing about us without us. And mm -hmm. that means that if there's a discussion about me or my friends, then I demand to be at that table. That's you right. were asking what is the most impactful of my own testimony and I was hope I was trying to think about nothing about without us and then you you whisper all means all because um I really believe that part of the testimony was making decisions for without me. Mm -hmm. Without my friends. Yeah. You as a parent you as a parent with your husband will make a decision about Maggie. Mm -hmm. And for such a long time, people like 
Maggie haven't ever been involved. That's right. And you'll do the same thing for Isaac and Ilya. Yeah. And I hope that parents will understand that that we deserve to be at that table. Yes. You do. You do. Both my kids, Liz, uh, have an IEP, both Dexter and Maggie. And... I'm working with the school on they should always be at their IEP. They're the I, <laughs> for goodness right. sakes. We can't be making goals without without them or without their input or what what supports they Absolutely. need. Absolutely. And for that. my IEP, uh, my dad insisted that I was always at the table. And even from a very young age, we're talking like kindergarten, because uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. that I could understand everything, but yeah. I had to be a part of that process. And your advocacy, Liz, brings those of us with disabilities front and center, ensures that we always have a voice, ensures that all means all and that nothing about us without us is the way that we live our lives. That's the way that we do things here at GT Independence. That's the way that we do things personally. And to have you as an advocate and a friend alongside us in this fight for justice and equality gets me so stoked. Liz, (laughs) thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We are so grateful for you. That's right. Thank you, and have a nice day, and remember, all means all. All means all. All means all. That's right. Well, thank you. Wow, Liz was such an incredible guest today. We all have a responsibility to use respectful and welcoming language that leads to inclusive environments. So as we always do, we're going to leave you, our dear listeners, with some simple things that you can do to join the disability garrison in our quest for justice and equality. Number one, what can you as an individual do? Treat everyone like a person. Some terminologies that were common 10, 20, 30 years ago are now outdated and possibly even offensive. If you hear someone using an outdated or offensive term, correct them. Even if there isn't a person with a disability around, use it as a teachable moment to better our society. It is everyone's responsibility to make everyone feel welcome and included in every space. And on that same note, are you about to ask an offensive question? Well, maybe you should just check yourself and not ask that question. Sometimes you just need to say, hey, does this really need an answer? Every person is deserving of the kindness and respect that we would all want. Number two, along with something that you can do as an individual, we love to give you guys actions that you can take that can have a more systematic impact. One thing that we've seen that has a huge impact on language and people's use of language in various environments is diversity and inclusion in the training, specifically in the workplace. So ask your workplace to hold a disability etiquette training for all employees. Ask that those trainings be hosted by people with disabilities. They have lived experience that is incredibly vital to making sure that these trainings are useful. It also uh, amplifies our allyship and gives voice and platform to those of us with disabilities. Also, pay the people who are hosting the trainings. They deserve it. Number three, we always like to leave you with a worthy organization that you can donate to. 
Today, we're highlighting the Center for Disability Inclusion. The Center for Disability Inclusion is your trusted resource for workplace solutions that educate the business community on proven strategies to advance disability inclusion. They cultivate relationships that advance disability inclusion, and they elevate inclusive practices so that businesses can become an employer of choice for people with disabilities. So again, we encourage you to go to gtindependence.com slash podcast to find more resources on this episode and more information on our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of the Disability Garrison. We look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Disability Garrison podcast. My name is Thaisia, and I direct my own services here in North Carolina through GT Independence. What I like most about directing my own services here is having the opportunity of selecting a trustworthy caregiver of my choice that would handle the vast majority of my personal affairs needs. Links and resources mentioned in this episode goes to gtindependence.com. 